0: Hello, this is Kevin Smith from the BBC Gardeners World magazine podcast. If you love all things gardening, join us at BBC Gardeners World Live from the 13th to the 16th of June at Birmingham's NEC. Find out more at bbcgardenersworldlive.com. See you there. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
1: Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile
0: banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: This episode is brought to you by Dove.
0: You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO.
1: Are you ready for heart-stopping, toe-tingling, coma-inducing levels of drama and romance? Okay, great. Well, you can find it all included with Prime Video. Check out Expat starring Nicole Kidman, the idea of you starring Anne Hathaway, and the history-bending romanticy My Lady Jane, which will leave you speechless forever.
0: Or till the end of the episode. Find your happy place. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. If I told you that there's something you could take which warms you up, cools you down, Relaxes you, fires you up, eases pain, soothes anxiety, oh, and even tastes good. You'd say, hang on a minute, what is this wonder drug? Well, it is, of course, herbs, and that's what I'm here to talk about today. And I'm here outside in this wonderful setting, not far from Bristol, but in the Gloucestershire countryside. I'm here with the Queen of Herbs herself, Herb Guru, and she's taught a few chefs everything they know about herbs. It is, of course, Jekka McVicker. Jekka, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Herbs are the
1: most generous group of plants, and they're underrated at our cost because not only do they make you feel good, they will they so look good in the garden, and, but some of them you might think of as just being a real pest, things like nettles. I mean, nettles to me uh, is the spring tonic that everybody needs just to make a nettle soup that's high in iron and minerals and everything. And it was what, in the olden days, everyone would take in spring to get them going again for the season. Because, again, in the olden days, everybody was physical work. None of this sitting down and sitting at a computer and wondering, you know, oh, is there a life outside this computer of mine and all the rest of it and all the social media? It, it was you were going out and you were, at this time of year in the summer, scything away all day. You were being physical. So setting yourself up in the spring was so important and nettles was it. And then I was thinking about, I again, in your intro, about herbs that, which people don't think of as being herbs and how they play such a huge part in our health and well-being and that is lemons because they are a herb the beneficial side of lemon is really incredibly good at helping your digestion so if you're someone like me that suffers from arthritis rather than having vinegar in hot water first thing in the morning to actually have half a half a lemon juice had hot water, not boiling, otherwise you'd kill everything off, and have that first thing in the morning. And that again sets you up and breaks down the crystals and helps your joints and helps your digestion. And everybody now is talking about the flora of our gut mm. and how that we neglect it and we do and we don't feed that. So again, giving off things live and I can never get it. its kumbach, kumbach, and all the rest of it, but, you know, all these things. But I like live yogurt. It's my favorite. Mm. And having, having live yogurt, again, with, you know, you could even put herbs with it if you wanted, but that is extremely good for you. And so it, herbs come in so many different shapes and forms, and people will say to me, well, what is a herb? A herb is any plant that is of benefit to man. That is the Oxford Dictionary. And it really is, it can be a pomegranate is a herb, yes, it's a fruit, but it's also a herb. And every part of it is used medicinally and uh, it's used for um, all kinds of digestive properties. And it's used in Chinese medicine. And then you get, well, uh, beetroot, that is a herb. Yes, it is a vegetable, but yes, it's a herb. And it's a herb because it's really high in antioxidants and antioxidants are extremely good for you. Um, and again, it's really good for your whole, your whole system. It's not just the one part. That's, the great thing about herbs is they treat the, all of you. When you take synthesized medicine, um, what happens is you, you will hit whatever it is. So if you've got a headache, it'll hit the headache. Whereas if you take a herb, say you took Medisweet, your headache. It would line your stomach first and control your headache. So there's a number of different ways of actually, you know, realizing how a herb affects you. And when I first sat on the fruit, veg, and herb committee, I got asked, are you a vegetable or are you a fruit? And I said, no, I am a herb. And before the word vegetable or fruit were actually segmented off, everything, especially vegetables, was called a pot herb mm. because it was put in the one pot over the open fire. And so a herb really is that basic. And there are so many. And and. Every, I mean, if you think I've been in this industry now, near enough 40 years, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still learning all the time and learning what our forefathers used. Where because people think of herbs as being just Mediterranean, and when I show you around the herb we've got four beds that are UK native herbs that we would have had our, our, our forefathers would have used all the time, and one of those would be Althea officinalis, which is the marshmallow. Mm -hmm. Now, marshmallow now today, medicinally is taken by herbalists. By the way, I'm not a herbalist. That is, I really am a herb nut, not a herbalist. And back to my Althea officinalis, that that was always um, now taken for lining your esophagus and lining your gut, it's really soothing. Um, but in the olden days, when it was put in the pot for the pot herb, it was because it added a mucilage to the sort of stock. It made it sort of gluppy. Sort of glutinous. Yes. Gloopy. Glutinous. Yes. And have you ever eaten grits? Yes. It's gross. Anyway, this, this is... That's another this, story. <laughs> this is like that, but smooth. So it's like wallpaper paste, and it's really... Gross. So you have to add a lot of flavour to it. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really good to add a cooney, a rabbit. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if you're vegan, you can't have rabbit. Uh, but anyway, it, but it was it was in the one pot, and that's how it gave them their starch and their energy mm-hmm. for, for going off to do their physical work. Um, and I find that fascinating because it was really considered like we would consider potatoes, because it was our potato before potatoes came into this country.
0: Mm, yes, our kind of Raleigh. staple, yeah, yeah. Um, filler upper basically. Yeah, exactly that. And yet, and you touched on it earlier. You know, and yet herbs are very much reduced to being, you know, by many people that thought that they're the pot from the supermarket. They're, they you know, that little pot crammed with twenty plus seedlings. Yes, we chop it, we throw it away. It's a disposable. Is it the Cinderella of the plant world? It it, it
1: you know, the plant world. It goes like. Trees at number one. <laughs> and then, it, then it's sort of herbaceous. And then it's veg. You're absolutely right. And the bottom of the heap is herbs because they have always had that position because they're the plant of the people for the people. And they're going to become so important in the next few years because we're going to have to learn to self-look after ourselves again. Mm. And if I look back to my mum, if I had little ailments, she would go for herbal remedies. You know, it'd be dill, her and her dill seed tea. I can't tell you. That was given for everything, for pain, for hiccups, for everything. You can't sleep, dill seed tea. I mean, that's all she ever gave me. (laughs) (laughs) So you have an interesting
0: relationship now with dill.
1: (laughs) Well, not as bad as, oh, coriander. Delia Smith, I love you, but... When you introduced coriander to the public, I spent hours potting it by hand, hours in my semi-detached Filton. My hands, my body, everything reeked of coriander and I couldn't stand it.
0: This was the uh, Delia effect of the 19, oh, whatever yes, it, was, it was, 80s or 90s. It <laughs> was
1: just, anyway, but funnily enough, coriander is medicinal. Mm. It helps you digest heavy food. It helps your... You know, people don't realise what is in these plants and how they help your digestion. And back to your gut, everything revolves around that. Mm. You know, your gut keeps your head healthy. So if you can keep your
0: gut healthy, everything else will look after itself. And how is it that we've come so far from, you know, that, core knowledge? Because we, you know, we were talking earlier, my grandparents, my great grandparents, yours. But boy, we've lost that in, a ge- in just a generation, haven't we? Are we getting back to it? Well, being slightly older
1: than you, that puts it mildly, I remember the first supermarket opening. And my mum allowing us to push the trolley round, And I'll never forget her squeaking with delight at buying a quiche already made. It was liberation. We have become lazy. Mm. We want everything instant. And to use herbs and to use herbal preparations takes a little time. But if you think of that as a form of meditation Mm. and composing yourself, now I'm sure you cook every evening. I cook every evening. And that ritual for me unwinds me from the day. It brings my... Bounty from the garden and from my my herbs into the kitchen It sets the kitchen smelling gorgeous and that smell of good food Again, I keep coming back to it. It's the first process of good digestion because it makes your mouth water Mm. And when your mouth waters you you prepare your whole system for food when you open a packet and stuff it in your mouth There's no preparing your gut for food There's no preparing your head for food. You've just filled a niche and you've just filled a little hole in your tummy. And that only lasts a short time. But going through the ritual of cooking and eating and using the herbs to stimulate the whole atmosphere, then you're guaranteed to stay well.
0: Compelling. Really compelling. Where would you start? So where do we start on the kind of herb journey of... Encouraging everyone listening to this to just think about herbs as being more than just a little sprinkle across the top of a, the top of a dish, you know, even if a has just come out of a microwave. But you know, where do we start, people, to look I, deeper I, and really benefit from that plant? I think the easiest place to start
1: is really to make a herb tea, a fresh herb tea, not a dried packet or the sawdust swept off the floor into a tea bag, you really want to have the fresh herb. Now, one of the easiest you can use is rosemary. You need a sprig about an inch, inch and a half long, and you add that to a mug and you pour on boiled, not boiling water. And it just the difference between those two is you know, when you're boiling, it goes brr You wait until it goes silent, and then you add the water.
0: So it's seconds after. Well, it's a bit maybe more than Maybe 10, sec- 10 seconds after. Mm,
1: maybe count, count 30, yeah. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then add that. Cover it. It's
0: and the good. reason for taking it off the boil is because you, that boiling you, water you, you it earlier it, about it, it, it,
1: it destroys the uh, essential oil. Right. And it makes it evaporate too quickly. Cover your mug with a saucer or something mm-hmm. because you don't want the steam to take all your essential oils away, which is why when you use a teapot, it takes all the oils back into the water. Um, and I find actually one of the easiest things to use is, you know, the little, um, jugs with the push down, a yeah. yeah, you can use that because mm-hmm. that traps everything inside and you've got the lid and everything and you can see the herb when, and you can actually see that it's turning the water slightly green. Rosemary tea is fantastic if you're in low mood in say January, February, it lifts your mood. It's fantastic for settling your stomach. It's wonderful for your front end memory; it restores your front end memory, and it's a brilliant cure for a hangover. However, you will remember what you did, but that's beside the point. I mean, you know, the the thing is that that just that one thing of taking rosemary, which everybody knows, every, you can get in the supermarket, and you only need three centimeters max, you know, in in a mug, and 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 there you go, and that is, and that you can drink. Um well I always say with anything herbal don't take it every day do not because your body will then get used to it you need more mm. so say drink it if, if you're feeling in low mood, drink it for 4 days switch to something else which will make you feel happier go for something like lemon verbena you know and lemon verbena at this time of year um, this is being recorded in, in the summer so therefore we're getting ready to harvest it's the only one i dry and it is so easy to dry, and lemon verbena is a deciduous shrub. For those that don't know, and the leaves smell of lemon shepherd. It is just divine, and you know when something smells good, you just go, ah, and that relaxes you for starters. So you collect all your leaves, take them off, and what I've done is I've just got four bits of wood, whacked it into a frame, then stretched some muslin over the top, mm-hmm. throw the the leaves onto that individually, put it on a tray, and then bung that in a room that is not in direct sun. So it could be the spare room, it could be the sitting room, it can be anywhere. And I promise you, in the summer, within three to four days, the leaves will be crispy dry, and then you can store that in a, an airtight um, kill container. In a jar or something. Yeah, yep. kill in a jar. Preferably, if you're doing it in a jar, keep it out of the light. Yeah. Um, uh, put it back in the cupboard. And uh, that will keep all year. And you can then have lemon tea, And You need about five leaves in a mug Add boiled water. And it is just heavenly, and that apparently uh, um, scientifically goes to the back of your brain and, and releases this bit here, the, you know the tension in the back of your neck, mm-hmm. it releases that, which is, which is also very good. But rosemary, back to rosemary, I forgot to say that has been scientifically proven, okay um, so I can only really talk about herbs that have been scientifically proven on a on a podcast. at least that's good the ups store be unstoppable most locations are independently owned product services pricing and hours of operation may vary see center for details come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time
0: this father's day the home depot has same day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be because your dad is more than just a dad he's groundskeeper of the yard the perfector of the patio and the cleaner of the clippings let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. And that's happened relatively recently, that scientific yes. exploration of the value of these. Because, again, back to that Cinderella point. It's, it's Exactly it's, that. But we've known it. So, yes. Lore and... and uh, I me mean, look back pastime. to my mum. Yeah. You know, and her dill seed tea <laughs> that
1: I grew up on. That, by the way, is she gave it for me from a baby right the way up. And that was one teaspoon of dill seed to a mug. And as a baby, she'd give it to you a teaspoon of that. And she'd keep it in the fridge if you've got hiccups or colic or anything like that. And, yeah, that was her remedy for everything. It was kept in the fridge and it got churned out. And you thought, uh-oh, it's that time again. Well, yeah. you know,
0: and whereas today people, you know, yes. they reach for a bottle.
1: Yeah. We reach for the quick fix. And again, I remember lying in bed with very high temperatures as a child, you know, listening to the radio. And, uh, you know, now we don't put children through that anymore.
0: <laughs> so we're talking about teas. So we've talked about rosemary. Yes. Uh, and lemphagina. So uh, and where oh, else do you go to explore the world of teas?
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's lemon balm, which has been scientifically proven to relieve anxiety. However, it doesn't taste particularly nice. So it's always a good idea to add a slice of lemon to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Lemon, <laughs> lemon verbena, much nicer. Lemon yeah, it might, balm. Yeah, yes. interesting. But it's actually really, it's just, again, being scientifically proven to relieve anxiety. And then for me, the, obviously there are mint teas. But have you tried basil tea?
0: No, I don't think I have. And basil
1: is first cousins with mint. They're the same plant family. I'm sorry, I could rabbit about plant families forever. Once you realize how plants are connected and who's first cousins with whom, you suddenly realize this whole plethora of of. Beneficial properties and also scents and flavors. Mm. So if I told you rosemary is first cousins with basil, it's first cousins with mint, is first cousins with lavender, is first cousins with winter savory, they're all related. So then you realize all the different flavors. But basil tea, especially if you get something like um, one of the spicy ones, like the cinnamon basil or um, the holy basil, which is the sacred herb of the Hindu, that one, the holy basil, Ocumum Sanctum, has been scientifically proven to lower your sugar levels. So, I mean, there's and fennel seed tea. That is very good if you suffer from high cholesterol. Uh, I mean, I can go on about teas. But basil tea, back to that one, and that is a really good for, again, indigestion. It's fantastic. as a really nice, refreshing cup of tea. It's also, if you have any left over, you can turn them into ice cubes and then you can add the ice cube to your gin and tonic.
0: Mm, sounds, <laughs>
1: sounds delicious. <laughs> but the other thing, a tea which I have to mention was one which I had. I was privileged to go to Malaysia for the Malay government to look into herbs for tourism. And uh, when I arrived, they gave me cold lemongrass tea, it was delicious. And then I got to thinking, I had used the grass in cooking, but in the UK, we're sold the stem. Hmm. So I did some research and I found that the stem was sold to us because we couldn't import the leaf because of diseases that grasses bring in. Mm -hmm. So we were always sold the stem. But actually the best bit to use in cooking, without a doubt, is the leaf. So if you can grow your own, which you can, and especially with so many people growing inside Mm. in the house, lemongrass is, is for you. You can keep it in your bathroom and things like this. Fantastic plant. And the leaves are wonderful to cook with, but they make the best tea out. And if you can't sleep at night, again, quite often it's your gut that is stopping you sleeping. And lemongrass tea, last thing at night, warm, is really good.
0: And how many leaves? What's the ratio? Oh, well, a leaf can be that long. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: um, I, I, I send to chop up. Okay, I chop the leaf into about one centimetre s- sections and I would chop up about
0: six into a mug mm-hmm. and then add water. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about basil tea earlier. Obviously, basil, so many different sorts mm, of basil. How yeah, It uh, depends on the strength of the basil. Basically. Yeah,
1: it does. Smell the leaf, rub and smell. If it smells strong, then three to four leaves. If it smells like a Greek one, which has got the tiny leaves, a little a little branch of that mm-hmm. would be good.
0: And what if your herbs only come from the supermarket? We don't know how those herbs are treated. Can we be sure of the okay. same sort of efficacy?
1: Y- y- well, let's put it this way. The jolly well should be. Uh, they won't be organic necessarily, but under all the UK regulations, There should be no nasties on them. And so therefore, if it's been passed for food, it has been passed for you to use as a tea. So you've got no problem at all. Because they're not grown the same way as if you grow it yourself, where you allow your plants to get some sun and some wind. Again, in my long years, I've been privileged to work one time with the Zulu. And the Zulu taught, To me, they didn't like me cultivating herbs, but I was teaching them to grow herbs under cultivation because the herbs were becoming extinct in the wild. But the sagomas, who are the witch doctors, kept saying, but when you grow it in the wild, it survived, and therefore because it survived, it will make you survive. So they believed that a herb that was treated tough and grew wild was much more beneficial herbally than if you cultivated it. But it did make me very aware of how the elements play. So these new warehouses, which are growing herbs under artificial light and without any influence of the outside world, they do taste, they do taste okay, but they don't taste as good. And I will go on and stick my chin out and say, how can they? They haven't. Had the elements
0: and many now are being grown in water grown hydroponically yes. we can see that that's one reason why they grow so rapidly and 22 get... days from seed to sale yep 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 so again where do you stand on soil grown in soil as, as that's all, let's be honest most of us uh who are lucky enough to, even a windowsill can can put a pot of soil on a windowsill but yeah. but hydroponics is a, is a growing hydroponics area. is
1: great um and i don't dispute it but if you're growing hydroponically you've got to feed it And so what do you use? I have no idea. But I mean, I'm a huge fan of the seaweed feeds. To me, they are absolutely fantastic. Um, And I hear, again, if you grow in a pot, you have to feed it Mm -hmm. because, you know, when your plant grows in the ground, the roots shoot off, okay? And it's been scientifically proven that plants talk to each other via their roots and they're And so I always have this lovely image of I've got a huge bay tree and they, they both got gold medals and they're in this in their beds and I can his, hear my bean, which is next door to one of the bays, go, oh, Mr. Bay, can you tell me, please, where's the magnesium today? And he'll go, oh, it's down left a bit, right a bit. And oh, if you follow it along there, oh, it's there, it's just down there on the left. And um, so I can imagine the roots talking to each other. We, if you go in a pot, are in control. So if you don't feed them, your plant is living on water Mm. and your love. And if I lived on water and love, I would be thin. And there's no chance of me ever being thin. So therefore, you know, I eat. So you have to feed your plants. You have to give them. So I give them the seaweed feed because to me, that's like you and I taking multivitamins. And so if you're growing inside, please Feed on Fridays, F for food, F for Friday, F for feed. And we've lived on that mantra here forever. And uh, so that's how we survive. And the plants
0: look amazing always. I mean, how many gold medals have you now uh, acquired? Well, first? actually,
1: I hate to say, I stopped exhibiting in 2009. And in from, to was it 19... 19- 1993 to 2009, I was awarded 61 gold medals. Um, We were the first organic stand. We were certified in those days by the Soil Association. And we were um, the first peat-free person on the, well, nursery really. Uh, I did try everything in those days and and coming to peat-free is not easy. I'm fully aware of that. The watering, oh, my goodness, that is so difficult because every batch of compost you get now because everyone's going pre-free, so therefore resources are getting smaller, whereas before I could rely on it, I can't now uh, because everyone's joining in. Um, you have to adapt how, to how you're looking, but you have to feed. And you, I, in, I have my own mix made, and I make sure that I have some loam recycled loam in with my mix to hold the nutrients because otherwise the nutrients run straight through. And that's why you were talking about growing in water. The lovely thing about using a soil-based compost or adding soil to your compost is that it will hold the nutrients so that when you plant it then in the garden, Mr. Bay can say to his new little friend that's just been planted, oh, hello, <laughs> welcome to the clan. And, and so that, that is the way that, you know, plants grow naturally. But I do realize that everything is a finite space and, and a lot of us don't have this luxury that I have of a beautiful garden.
0: And when you are, um, you know, buying in compost, uh, as most of our listeners will be doing, buying in compost from, from the garden centre, you say adding loam, just explain a little bit more about um, how they might do that at home. So we're, we're talking about garden soil okay. here. So, so
1: you could add garden soil, but that won't be sterile. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I'd buy one bag of peat-free compost and one bag of John Innes, and I'd mix them together. So that you then, because the the their bags are very small. Yep. Peat-free so, Innes, Yeah, peat-free Innes, because that is a soil-based compost. And that will give your, your soil-free bag of whatever. Multipurpose, uh, whatever. Exactly, yes. multipurpose. Yep. I hate multi-purpose, by the way. <laughs> Try, if possible, if, if you're potting, to get a potting mix. And if you're sowing seed, get a seed mix because if you use multi-purpose for seed, you're giving the seedlings too much nutrients. And you can often see it, your seedlings have come through so fast, they're like little drunken sailors, you know, and, they go, and they're panicking because they're too, they've come through too fast. It, it, if you're going to go use purpose cut it in half with perlite or anything to make it less strong. And then you can introduce feed and when you pot up, you know, and give it a potting compost.
0: And actually, you lead us on to um, an idea in my head, which I really wanted to explore with you, which is about the fact that herbs are such a diverse mix of plants and they have different needs. You said earlier, most of us just think about herbs as being something Mediterranean. Mm. Oh, they need it dry. They need it gritty, which some do, obviously. Others, when you're raising them, need a very different mix because... They're shade lovers or they're, they're, exactly they're northerners. Exactly yeah. And, and also,
1: we, I am creating a garden now here, very big garden, and half of it is going to be in soil and half of it will be in gravel because with climate change, we don't have rain anymore. We have deluge. Mm. And a lot of my Mediterranean herbs hate the deluge. So you want to protect the crowns. So growing straight into gravel is really good obviously then it won't have the nutrients. So Muggins here will be feeding them from time to time um, because I'm such a softy. And people say to me, but herbs don't need to be fed. And I am going, they do. If you want to crop them or you want to take them for your health or you want to make herb teas or you want to dry them, you need a plant that is producing good leaf. And you need it producing not through nitrogen, but which makes it flushed and doesn't taste, you want it grown properly. So using this, these seaweed mixes, these seaweed feeds. And if your plant has suddenly gone yellow, give it Epsom salts. And did you know that you can go and you can get Epsom salts from the garden centers, but if you've been gardening a lot and you've got backache, you can add that Epsom salts to your bath and it's half the price of what you buy in the supermarkets to put in your bath. And it doesn't turn you green, it actually does relieve, releases all your muscles. It's fantastic stuff. And so if it's good for us, it's good for the plants equally. But going back to your question, I think that with gardens, with space, with containers, with your balcony, if you can grow herbs and you can add them to a meal that you have cooked, it's that hunter-gatherer thing. You're adding something to the meal that you have gathered, you have grown, the sense of pleasure that gives you. And you can say, I grew this, you know, taste this, and and the smell that will bring your family to the table. And if you can, can't cook and you just making a salad or something and you add fresh herbs to it again suddenly to bite on fresh basil or suddenly to get that whole thing of um, some fennel or some french tarragon you know that sudden buzz of that anise anise flavour and anise again back to your gut is so good for digestion
0: So, you're talking there about the relationship between growing your plants and the health giving benefits of them. So, again, that's something we probably forget about is that, you know, what you input, you get back from. Mm. So, you know, so obviously it's about keeping that plant growing well, but growing it slightly more slowly than perhaps a commercial grower might or a supermarket. It's it's called,
1: there was, I saw a badge at Chelsea, which was grow slow. Mm. And, We've always grown slow here. It's rather, it's the yoga of gardening. <laughs> but in a way, it is, isn't it? It's, it, is, it is a much, much more, you know, a veg growers are so fast. They've got such a turnover. I mean, I've got a little veg patch here and the turnover of stock is so quick. But with my herbs, many of them are perennials. So they, they're there next year and you learn to cut them back so they produce new, new growth and you learn to, they're part of the family. And I think that's something else, which we don't, which you don't get from, you do from your shrubs, but you don't get from your herbaceous because they down down and then they come back up again. They do their own thing over winter. They go down and have, have a little party underground. Whereas, you know, with a lot of my herbs, they stay, they're subshrubs, um, Things like oregano and, and thyme. Thyme is considered a shrub and oregano is considered a subshrub.
0: Mm -hmm. And so there we are with all of your plants through winter. Are you picking all year round? Yes. You see,
1: if you cook all year round, you want herbs all year round. And there are lots of herbs. People don't think of herbs as winter herbs. Mm. And it's such a pity to have basil all year round. Sorry, supermarkets, but it really is. It's like looking forward to the asparagus. Gosh, isn't that gorgeous when it comes? I don't have asparagus here because I don't have the space. But it's that that one month that you have asparagus for me the month of may june and july is basil after that it's gone uh, but i have some perennials but i will have made things with them i will have made basil oil i will have made basil vinegar i will have made things with basil so i can have the sense of summer and basil cordial by the way just gorgeous anyway that's how do you know, make basil cordial oh it's wonderful you get i take say it's um 150 ml of water 150 ml of sugar white sugar you know the pure cane whack it on the stove bring it slowly to the boil stirring so it doesn't stick and simmer it to just so it's not making eyes at you you know you're not making a syrup you're just getting it to just take up take it off the heat and then add a handful of your chosen basil stir it in Cover it and then about half an hour later, come give it another stir, make sure it's all gone down underneath. Teaspoon, check flavour. Is it strong enough? No. Cover it again. Come back in another half hour. Keep checking until you get to the flavour you want. Strain it and then put that into a sterile bottle. Label it, keep it in the fridge for a month. Delicious. Yeah, delicious. And then add that to soda water. Add it to um, um, a cocktail, or um, add it to a little bit of fruit. Oh, yeah, strawberries and basil—it's oh, just gorgeous. Made for each other.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's your that's your early late spring, early summer flavor of basil. Yeah. Where do you go next? Let's take let's go through the okay, season.
1: Okay, so so that that one—if I make that now, that will take me right the way through till September. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so now um, spring. For me in spring, that would be rosemary. Spring, spring is rosemary because I'll have had it in the winter, but it is in spring, it's in flower. It is so uplifting. It's one of the first to flower, starts about January and will go right the way through to April, May. And so the whole thing about rosemary, it just it just makes, makes you realize that everything is on, on the go. Um, and I will have that fresh. Uh, mint. It's an interesting one. That comes through in about March. It'll start showing its nose and that'll be great. And I'll keep picking that right the way through to now when it's going into flower. Okay, once it's gone into flower, I will let it flower for a bit because it's fantastic for your pollinators. Mm -hmm. I'll then hack it back like it's going out of fashion. And to literally sort of two centimeters above the ground. If you feed it with good old seaweed again, give it a really good dousing of water and feed it, you'll then get a second crop of leaf that you can keep going till about November. And I'm presuming that you have growing it in the pot. Mm-hmm. In November, you have unpotted. That's so important because the creeping rhizome, which is around the outside of the pot, <coughs> will have made a, a gap between the root ball and the pot. So that's the first bit to rot in winter when it rains. So if you take it out of the pot now, get your own saw, I've got my own saw now, you saw it in half, no messing. Saw the root ball in half? Yeah, just Mm -hmm. literally take it from the top all the way down. Yep. Okay? So you've now got two plants, and you put that fat white bit back into the middle of the pot. So then you fill it with new compost, it will grow in the spring from the middle out, and you won't lose it. Because I bet if you haven't done that, the, your mint in a pot will have got smaller and smaller and smaller and you'll go, oh, this mint is pathetic. But it's only because you haven't done that. And then you've got another one, which you can either you can either take the roots off and put them into a small seed tray. So you've got a bit of compost on the bottom, got roots, a bit of compost on top. Bring that into the kitchen now, water it well, put it on your kitchen windowsill. And if you do that in October... You will have fresh mint for Christmas, Mm. which is what the Victorians
0: did. Shoot up straight away, don't they? Yes. Okay, so you've got rosemary, you've got mint. You have told us about basil. Yeah. Where next?
1: Ooh. I think French tarragon. It's the reason I'm a herb farmer, uh, because that was the beginning of the whole story. I've always grown French tarragon. My mum always grew French tarragon. French tarragon, by the way, it's grown from cuttings, not from seed. If it's from seed, it is... Russian, which tastes like upper-class grass. (laughs) Sorry. But it does. It really doesn't have that zing, that flavour, that amazing flavour. And tarragon is really good because it helps you break down cholesterol, Mm -hmm. which is why it's put with burnet sauce, Um, which is all butter. Uh, But French tarragon, to me, is again, will show its nose in about April, and you can then harvest it all the way through. But at this time of year, before it goes into sort of flower, I will pick Bunches of it, and I will make tarragon vinegar. Oh, because tarragon vinegar, if you if you like making sauces or you like cleaning your pan at the end of a meal, you know you've just just fried a little bit of fish, and you clean the pan with that with the tarragon vinegar, and then just pour that over the fish. Oh, yeah, fantastic. yeah, oh. you know, and it's as simple as that. But you then have that tarragon flavour. And it is it's just great. I don't you don't dry it and I don't make an oil with it, but that to me is the best one. And that will keep going. I'm making mayonnaise, you know, French dressing, you know, because you can have winter herbs so that you can turn into salads. So, yeah, like my rocket will keep going forever and a day. Purslane, winter purslane, you know, you can sow winter purslane in. Oh, yeah, talking about sowing. Did you know? that if you sow coriander and parsley in August, end of August, they will germinate within a week because the soil is warm and you will then be able to crop both of those through the winter and coriander will go right the way through, it will go down to minus 10. Mm -hmm. People think of it as a hot plant, it's not. It's a cold weather plant. You can't sow it in the summer. It bolts and goes to flower. A waste of money. Sow it then and you'll have a crop that you can crop all through. Just keep picking. Don't wait. And sow it where you're going to crop it. People say to me, oh, it always bolts. It's always No, it seriously isn't. It's really good. And, and that's one I would sow then.
0: And people grow it in, you know, full sunshine. And actually, it's absolutely perfect for growing in partial shade or, yes. even, you know, it, any sort of shade and you keep it cool. Yes, keep Again, it cool. It's, it's because we're always thinking about the, it being Mediterranean, so dry. But it's not, you see, mm, that's what's coriander. really
1: interesting. It's really not. And it is a cool plant, whereas if you want a hot, hot coriander, then you would go for, which you find in the tropics, is um, oryngium fatidum. That is the false coriander. And it's the sea holly that tastes of coriander. I'm sorry, I haven't got any this year. I'll give you some. But it is, it is amazing. And it's that is what they have. It's called Shadow Benny in the, in, in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm.
0: So we've got tarragon in your essentials. Yes. Which sounds delicious. Just tell us, how do you make the vinegar?
1: You go to a very cheap superstore or superstore. You buy the cheapest white wine vinegar you can. You take off the first sort of few centimetres of, of vinegars, keep that. And then you stuff it full of leaves, <laughs> put it back in the cupboard.
0: And that's it? Yeah. And it'll last how long? Um, as long as you keep the leaves below the surface, it'll last years because it's vinegar. Delicious. So take us into, take us into the, the eating that you look forward to in autumn and into winter. What's the, what are the herbs Well, you see, your- the,
1: the, the, for me, winter is all about soups. Because I love vegetables and I love root vegetables, I'm forever making soups. So again, for me, the herbs that I have through the winter are things like parsley. Parsley's so good for you; it's so high in iron, so high in vitamins, um, and also um, winter purslane. I mean, that was known as the miner's lettuce because it stopped the miners getting scurvy. They used to grow it outside their back door to add to their oggin to their to take down the mines and Again, we've lost, we've lost touch with how to survive winter without uh, what I call summer, pl- summer food. Mm. And by eating food of the winter, back to my soups and barley and putting, if you want substance, adding barley and lentils and adding and your chickpeas and things. So your stews, casseroles, soups So, okay now. If you're adding chickpeas, that can cause indigestion, mm. especially when you get to my age. so the herb you would add to that is winter savory because winter savory helps break down the outside of the legume uh, the the outside of the bean. It's known as the bean herb and it it m- helps your digestion and it doesn't it tastes very if you eat it fresh, very peppery, but when you cook with it that vanishes and the properties given off by winter savory is is just amazing. And that's a partial evergreen. Another partial evergreen that I use is hyssop. That's a bitter herb. It's a bitter minty herb. And again, that anything with bitter, we've lost the art of that in our food because we've gone to sweet and bland. And bitter is really important again for making your juices of your mouth work. And so that again is a really good one to have uh, you know through the winter. And another one, I, of course, I've used throughout the winter. If you prune your oregano's back after flowering, you can pick oregano through the winter. So I've got, I've got Jekka's spice. It's one of the ones I've bred and it is, it's superb. It's like hot and spicy. It's, it's a sort of mixture of, uh, I think Greek. I think I've, I don't know how it's crossed. I'd have to send it off to one of the uh, universities to find its DNA, but it is, it's this fascinating um flavor and it's slightly peppery slightly spicy and it's it really adds to anything that you're cooking for a long time that is slow cooking over time and again that is so much better for you and you can cook on one ring you don't need to have a huge oven or anything I'm a huge you know if you like hob cooker rather than oven cooker
0: Okay, so there's a sort of delicious year-round palette of herbs. Yeah. Let's just go now to um, what herbs can do for us. So let's let's talk about some of the ailments that uh, you know, and some of the some of the benefits. we talked obviously about the gut benefit. Well, but, you've um, got you know, we've, we've,
1: see, being not a herbalist, you will only get my herbal remedies. Yeah. I think for me, growing up with herbs and how my mum used to treat me, herbal remedies have been part of my armory against um colds and flus and everything else and um she was a great one for making oxymel now oxymel is a very old way of making um remedies and i mean it goes back to medieval times but one of the ones she really rammed down us and you take it for so many days and then you stop and etc is garlic oxymel And garlic, if you didn't know, is one of the most health-giving herbals you can possibly, possibly have. And the first strike ever recorded was over garlic because the guys building the pyramids went on strike because they didn't get their clove of garlic. And the clove of garlic was not just for, they rubbed it on cuts Mm -hmm. to stop them going septic. Um, they also used it to cut glass straight. Uh and they also used it for keeping themselves healthy and used it in cooking. And so I'm um, fascinating. And of course it was Florence Nightingale who crushed garlic onto sphagnum moss mm-hmm. to put onto the wounds in the First World War, etc. Anyway, so this is this is my mum's garlic oxymel, okay? It's honey. So obviously we've got bees here, so honey's easy. Uh it's cider vinegar. Oh, that's another one she's swore by, cider vinegar. And it has to be cider vinegar? It has to be cider vinegar, preferably organic, which you can get easily now. Yes. One bulb, complete bowl. Not one clove, one complete bowl. The full head. Full head yep. of garlic and two teaspoons of anise seed, if you can get it.
0: Liquid aniseed?
1: No, aniseed seed seeds. Aniseed seeds, okay. Yep. If you can get them, if not fennel seeds. Right. Okay, which most people can get. You can get that in a, and one sterilized jar. If you don't know how to sterilize a jar, you, you turn your oven on to 120. Um, you bung it in there, cleaned and
0: washed. Wash it in, up.
1: Yeah, bung it in there for about 10 to 20 minutes. And that sterilises it, and it is worth sterilising if you're doing this. Definitely, okay. and there's a whole lot of YouTube videos about how to do it. So yeah, oh, not, oh that's, good, good. The easy okay. One. Yep. Okay, basically, um, you add the honey into the empty jar, you pour in the vinegar and stir, you peel and crush the garlic, grind the seeds with the pestle and mortar. I just put the whole lot in the, and, um, and then uh, and then add the ground mixture to your honey and vinegar, cover the jar and leave the mixture for at least a week. Uh, in the refrigerator or fridge, whatever you like to call it. Once a day, give the jar a good shake. Mm -hmm. So when you go and get the milk out or when you go and get something out, give the jar a shake once a day. And after a week, strain the mixture through uh, a sieve lined with a piece of muslin or if you've got one of these very fine sieves, one of those, um, and then uh, into the all sterilized bottle. And it will keep for six months in the fridge. So this really will get you through the winter. So you, te- if you have an infection, so you start feeling you're getting a cold, cold cough, mm-hmm. you take one teaspoon three times a day.
0: Of it, just pure, from a bottle.
1: yeah, exactly that. If you get bored or fit and healthy, um, this makes, you, makes a great French dressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds delicious. <laughs> well, it does. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely it. fantastic to add to a French dressing. Um, but it really, you know, for me, it's... It was my, it's my go-to. It's the one I will make in because you've harvested um, your garlic now on the shortest day you should have harvested, but there are now new strains of garlic so you do it, can do it later. Um, and
0: uh, <clears throat> it's just brilliant. You're turning this summer's crop into this winter's <coughs> remedy. Yes. And you use it for pretty much everything.
1: I, I think I do, I th- it, but it's really for flu. <clears throat> and flu, colds, coughs, um, and then I, I make another one, which is a lemon one, which I make with lemon juice, which uh, you take for, uh, that's also on my website, and you make the lemon one, and that lasts, it's lemon and garlic, and you make that, and it lasts, a, you take it for, I think it's three weeks, and then you must have a week off. mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, again, because lemon's so high in vitamin C, I use the pith. I mean, I use the peel as well as the juice. Yeah. I use the whole thing. I just whiz the whole lot up. As I've said, and I'll say, and I'll keep saying all the time, I'm not a herbalist. I totally respect the plants that I grow. And I'm very aware that people think herbs are safe. I cannot stress enough, they are the foundation but all the medicine you take today and the fact that they've been synthesized into the medicine that you take makes you realize how strong herbs are and how they really cannot be abused and not taken all the time. And if you do take them all the time, you'll build up an immunity and you'll need it stronger, et cetera. So please be sensible. Treat them with respect. They've been given to us for us to use, and use carefully.
0: And we're also aware now, you know, obviously because of the last couple of years of COVID, and mm. and, and so aware of of, of diseases, bacteria. Fun, you know, how can we manage this in a in a in an organic and health giving way, rather than feeling like we're constantly taking tablets? Uh, uh, and and this is one of the solutions. Yes, it? it is. I mean, you know, we have
1: nature has given us our own, if you like, little pharmacy go to plants, and, and we, ca- we can survive. And if you think of all these wonderful people throughout the world who don't have the ready pill, yes, their life expectancy might not be as long as ours, but they still live a healthy life, and they're living on what I call the plants that are our future.
0: Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And we'll see you next time.